Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for standing by and welcome to the Lucid Third Quarter 2021 Earnings Conference Call. At this time, all participants are in a listen-only mode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodie, and I am your host and As you probably gathered from the intro, we are here today to talk about the Lucid Motors Q3 2021 earnings call. This is Lucid Motors' first actual earnings call. Our first presenter is going to be Peter Rawlinson. He is not only the CEO, he is also the CTO of Lucid Motors. And since this is the very first earnings call for Lucid Motors, he's just going to give us a nice little history of the company And then he'll round it out with a more recent uh, analysis of the third quarter. But before we listen to Peter, let's go ahead and welcome our newest Patreon member, Joseph. Joseph, thank you so much for going to patreon.com forward slash kilowatt and pledging to the show. I really appreciate it. I also appreciate your feedback on the FSD beta and the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration uh, investigation. So thanks for that as well. If you want to support this show, be like Joseph, go to patreon.com forward slash kilowatt or support kilowatt.com. And for $1, not only will all the ads disappear, but you also get a handwritten thank you note from me and some custom stickers, which both of those things are delayed at the moment because I'm trying to get the logo redone. But as soon as the logo is redone, you get a nice handwritten thank you note from me and some custom stickers. All right, let's go ahead and jump into this. First up, we're going to hear from Peter Rawlinson. We're very excited to welcome stakeholders to Lucid's inaugural earnings call. We've achieved a tremendous amount over the course of 2021, and we're excited to lay out our vision and priorities for the company. We look forward to continuing to work with investors and analysts to build long-term relationships with our stakeholders. Now, for those of you who are new to Lucid Stories, we were originally founded as a Tiva back in 2007. At that time, we were focused on advancing our battery technology, logging over 20 million miles in real-world driving data. And armed with everything we learned as a Tiva, we then turned our efforts to creating the best car in the world as Lucid, rethinking from the ground up every single aspect of the vehicle from design to engineering to manufacturing. Uh, The initial result of that effort is Lucid Air, which carries with it the means to accelerate the adoption of electrification while redefining luxury in the automotive market. As we continue to bring Lucid Air to market, it's clear that the opportunity we have in front of us is massive uh, because the market opportunity is not just for electric vehicles, It's for vehicles overall. Currently, there's only about 2.5% penetration into the U.S. vehicle market through EVs, and only about 4% penetration into the global vehicle market. We see the luxury car market expanding at an annual rate of about 5% over the next few years, and ultimately reaching 
over $700 billion of global sales near the middle of this decade. We believe that the growing customer sentiment for electric vehicles, coupled with the government mandates encouraging their adoption, provides significant support for the EV industry overall and for Lucid's position within it. Lucid is uniquely positioned to capture this opportunity, driven by our key differentiators, namely our technology innovation and the people who work here. Now, first off, we believe that our technology is worlds apart from even the current market leaders. For example, no one expected Lucid to achieve even 400 miles of range. And now we have an EPA certification of 520 miles of range for the Lucid Air Dream Edition R. And we've created this technology with an eye towards an ability to manufacture it at scale, which is where true innovation lies. Furthermore, we have a drive to continue innovating, which is why we've been able to surpass even our early range estimates. As another example, our technology powers every car in Formula E, the world's premier electric motorsport series. And indeed, it changed the sport. Our battery packs have enabled Formula E cars to complete full race distances on a single charge. And what we learn from every race car at every race goes directly into the battery technology powering Lucid Air. As media and early customers have learned, our vehicles are truly the fusion of hardware and software, made possible by one of the best teams in the industry. We have auto industry veterans, including members of my former Tesla Model S team, working with former executives from Apple, and learning from their customer electronics experience, along with so many other standouts from the automotive and tech industries. We plan to leverage our team's abilities to continue to improve vehicle function and features even after customers take delivery via over-the-air updates. All right, I'm going to jump in here real quick. First, does it not sound like Peter Rawlinson is like one of those narrators on a nature show and he gets really excited when the wolf pack is going to attack the bison, but then it turns out that the bison get away unharmed and then he's a little disappointed? That's what he sounds like to me. Anyway, a couple notes here. First of all, you are a luxury uh automaker maybe you don't call your car lucid pure especially when the lucid pure is like the lowest end of your vehicles right now the lucid dream edition which is they're only making 520 of that's $169,000 the grand touring is $139,000 the air touring is $95,000 and the air pure is $77,400 so uh, yeah, I, I think that naming just needs to go. That's, that's a bad, that's a bad look on the company. I think, I do think it's cool that the, um, their technology powers the e-racing. I don't even know, um, circuit, I guess. I don't know much about racing, but I do think that that's neat. And we actually talked to Zach, uh, I can't remember his name now, way back when in like 2017, we talked to Lucid about a little bit about the racing. I'm not sure if that part made it into the show, but they were really high on it back then. And then, you know, they mentioned that they had some executives from uh, the Tesla team and then also some from Apple. And I will say having sitting in a very early version of this vehicle, I will say that the Lucid Air is a very Apple-ish looking car. It is beautiful on the inside. It seems like it's very well designed. The UI feels like it's very well laid out. It's just a really gorgeous car. All right, let's get back to Peter. Now, before we update you on some of our substantial achievements during the most recent quarter, I would be remiss in not highlighting some of our most recent achievements outside of Q3, and that's because these are quite significant. Now, first off, we started delivering vehicles to customers at an event at our Silicon Valley HQ just two weeks ago on October the 30th. 
Now, this preceded an increasing number of deliveries nationwide slated for this month and next, including more than two dozen deliveries to paying customers that occurred just this past weekend. So you may have already witnessed your first sighting of Lucid Air in the wild. We actually have a full report on customer deliveries during our Q4 call. So watch this space for more. Next, just this morning, Lucid Air was officially announced as Motor Trends 2022 Car of the Year. Now, this is arguably the most prestigious award in the motor industry, seeking out true innovation and groundbreaking vehicles. For a new brand and a new company to win, well, to my knowledge, that's only been done once before, and I should know I was there. Getting back to the matter at hand, in Q3, we secured a number of certifications required to sell the vehicle ahead of those customer deliveries that I've just mentioned. This includes full FMVSS, CARB, FCC, and FDA safety certifications, all of which further establish our credibility and cleared the way for the ramp up of Lucid Air deliveries. But what I'm most proud of is the official EPA rating of 520 miles range. And because we achieved this landmark through our world-leading in-house technology, not by simply installing an oversight battery pack or off-the-shelf parts. Our Lucid Air Grand Touring has an official EPA-rated range of 516 miles, and it achieves that with a 112-kilowatt-hour battery pack, giving it an industry-leading efficiency of 4.6 miles per kilowatt-hour. Taken a step further, we have six Lucid Air variants in the top six positions of the EPA range ratings for EVs. And unlike many other EV companies, we design, develop, and build our powertrain and cool EV technology components in-house with an emphasis upon efficiency. Now, we view this as a strategic competitive advantage for Lucid as we look ahead. Next, after securing the EPA rating, we officially commissioned our factory in Casa Grande, Arizona, and started production of Lucid Air. At a factory event on September the 27th, we hosted armed customers, media, and guests, all of whom had the opportunity to drive Lucid Air. The reactions and feedback from this experience could not have been better, including broad validation from important media. You know, I rather like when reporters call Lucid Air jaw-dropping and the future of cars. Now, the, the fantastic experiences customers and media have had with the Lucid Air to date have only increased interest in the brand. Uh, the result is an accelerated pace of new reservations currently at 17,000 and climbing quickly, which has also spurred us to increase the total production quantity of the Dream Edition uh, to 520, both to accommodate demand and also to recognize the landmark EPA 520 miles achievement. Lastly, I'll highlight that the customer journey has also been an area of focus for us this past quarter. We now have 16 Lucid Studios and service centers across North America, but this is only the beginning, and I'll talk more about our plans for expansion shortly. Now, I wanted to look ahead to our near-term strategic priorities, which will see a continued focus on achieving progress against our existing activities. As I mentioned earlier, last month we started delivering Lucid Air Dream Editions models to our reservation holders, and we're currently ramping up customer deliveries. We will soon start to deliver Lucid Air Grand Touring models, followed by Touring and Air Pure next year. With such demand across the Lucid Air lineup, 
we felt it critical to accelerate the expansion of our advanced manufacturing plant or our AMP1 factory in Arizona, essentially investing in our capabilities to mitigate future business risks. This process started in Q3 with progress well underway on the addition of 2.85 million square feet of manufacturing space to our Arizona factory. This expansion will allow for a significant increase in production capacity for Lucid Air and enable production of the Gravity SUV in 2023. And speaking of expansion, our retail footprint grew significantly this year, including our first location outside of the US in Vancouver, Canada, which we opened last month. And we plan to have 20 studios and service centers open by the end of this year. So you can see acceleration as a theme in the second half of 2021. We also continue to increase our service footprint across the US, not just with physical service centers, but also with the rollout of our mobile service program. We expect service centers to continue opening in North America, and we anticipate hiring a significant number of additional service technicians as we expand our capabilities. We're optimistic about these goals, even in a challenging environment as COVID-19 continues to present numerous obstacles for the auto industry and supply chain. Lucid is no stranger to this, but we have continued to deliver against our timeline and with the highest standard of quality. And I would like to commend the company's employees who've worked relentlessly and tirelessly to help Lucid's progress and grow during these recent periods of uncertainty. Lastly, I would like to spend some time providing an overview of our longer-term strategic focus areas, as well as upcoming major milestones. Lucid continues to grow its operations in the U.S., but as part of our growth strategy, and more specifically, our international strategy, we intend to expand our sales, maintenance, repair services, and manufacturing activities outside of the U.S., again with the goals of mitigating business risk and charging future growth. On the retail and service front, we're looking to expand our footprint in Europe and the Middle East, and we expect to enter these markets in 2022. There has been continued expansion of the team in both regions, with key additions to leadership and the employee base. And we're excited by the prospects of these key regions. We believe this will help establish Lucid as a global brand and address untapped market demand in these regions on an entirely new level, while also taking action to address climate change through sustainable mobility. Moving to our air lineup, the longer view will see production expanding to include touring and pure models, as well as future variants. With our in-house technology establishing Lucid Air as the new bank benchmark for EV efficiency, we will be quick to maximize this potential. Because if we can achieve 516 miles with just a 112 kilowatt hour battery pack, it's easy to imagine a smaller pack and the weight and cost savings afforded by it, which would allow for a much more attainable EV that can still achieve 300 plus or 400 plus miles of range. And, and, and finally, we're excited to launch additional vehicles over the coming decade, including Project Gravity, a luxury SUV that leverages the air's platform and that we expect will elevate the SUV to a new level with extraordinary performance and category-defining interior space. And we look forward to sharing more details about the Gravity next year ahead of expected production in 2023. Everything this guy says sounds very fancy, like just dripping with like posh, 
would you believe that I actually know people that don't like this guy who, who don't think he's very trustworthy? And I'm going to be honest with you. I, I don't have an opinion on him one way or the other, but he's a very polarizing figure. And I don't even know if polarizing is the right word. Cause actually I think I might be the only one that I know when I've had discussions about lucid motors with people who actually know about electric cars and not just what they saw on TV who who have a very high opinion of this guy and i don't know why because they don't know him either there's just the feeling that they get but i've got some notes here first of all the motor trend 2022 car of the year i think the lucid air is a great car i think it's way too early to be calling it car of the year we have no idea what kind of issues the lucid air may or may not have going forward so um yeah, it seems like you, you kind of jumped the gun on that one motor trend just a little bit. But 520 miles is very impressive. I would like to say that I don't know anybody in Arizona that calls Casa, Gran, Casa Grande. So uh, <laughs> just throw that out there. Let's see here. What else do we got here? Um, he talked about the event in September where they invited press and customers and investors out to look at the company and take test rides in it. Um, I was not invited despite asking them to invite me. Um, this is a company that I've talked about for five years. I've actually talked to company reps just recently, like, uh, less than six months ago. And I've interviewed, uh, Zach Edson, I think his name is he's the senior director of sales and service at lucid. And as you can probably tell, I'm not bitter. And actually, I'm not. I don't really care if they invite me or not. But uh, yeah, that's one event that I really wanted to go to because I could actually make it there and also pick up my kids from school on the same day. He mentioned having a presence in uh, the Middle East and then also uh, Europe. I think it was in 2018, the Saudi Wealth Fund invested, I think, $3 billion or $4 billion into Lucid, which actually floated the company so that they could build a, the plant in Casa Grande. And so that they can continue working on uh, the Lucid Air. This is right around the time two things happened. The first was that Elon said that he had funding secured at $420 a share, which that caused a lot of problems. But even more problematic than that is the Saudi royal family was found to be responsible for the death of journalist Jamal Khashoggi. So um, that was a little awkward. And I actually did a, a episode on whether or not Lucid Motors should give the money back. And here's a spoiler alert. They they didn't. Um, overall, though, I thought this was a nice rundown and a kind of a nice brief history of the company itself. I do think that the next quarter, they're going to have to come with not a history lesson, but they're going to have to come with like hard numbers of what they did for Q4. I think the only revenue that Lucid saw for Q three was from their racing division with that the technology that Peter talked about that they were using. Any deliveries of actual cars will be counted on Q4's earnings. All right. Normally what would happen is we would hear from the CFO if you know I follow the same template that I do with the Tesla earnings calls. Um, in this case, Sherry House, perfectly lovely person, uh, her report basically just echoed everything that Peter just said. So I'm not going to make you sit through all of that. Um, I don't think that makes any sense to do. So instead, we're going to jump right into the investor and analyst questions. You know, a, a first question for, for you, Peter, and maybe Terry, you can chime in on, on the second part of this. You know, as you think about what you're doing here and the success of the the air and what theoretically will come here with the gravity 90,000 units of capacity by 2023 seems a little bit um, pedestrian, right? Meaning that your demand may far uh, exceed that. Uh, I'm just curious, you know, Peter, as you think about what your volume goals or aspirations are over time, if you could, you know, elucidate those or, or, or just tell us where, where you're headed. And then also just thinking about what's going on with the stock and, and, and the availability of low-cost capital, um, you know, Sherry, would you consider, or new Peter as well, obviously, um, you know, doing a, a greater issuance, you know, sooner rather than later to raise capital to maybe accelerate this 90,000 units of capacity in 2023 and, and hopefully maybe grow even faster than what, you, what you've been talking about? Well, it's an interesting point, John. Uh, right now, we're laser-focused as a company and the whole management team under my direction 
in scaling what we've got, laser-focused on growing the scale towards 20,000 units next year, then 50,000. But, you know, we're planning on 500,000 units by the end of the decade. We have a plan in place to expand Casa Grande to that level. Um, you know, and we've also got localization of manufacturing. We've got incredible high value in our manufacturing as well because we manufacture the entire technology suite, the battery, the motor, the inverter, the whole electric powertrain in-house. So we're not just buying in parts here and just adding value that way. There's a whole lot of inbuilt value add to the cars that we've got. We've got a, a, a Casa Grande capacity uh, planned out to 365,000 units. But, of course, we also plan um, plants in other parts of the world, uh, the Middle East and in China. Uh, and so this is going to be part of our global expansion plan. I think we're very ambitious in terms of the scope. And make no mistake, this is a technology play. And this is a technology race. And as a tech company, it's our technology, which we are confident will put us in this preeminent position. But as you know, we've designed this technology to be truly mass manufacturable. So I think scaling our volume is well within our sights. And John, um, well, great to have you with us first. And um, I can take the second part of your question where you're talking about just balance sheets and also just deployment of capital. So we're sitting in a terrific place today with the $4.8 billion as of September 30th. That's going to get us, you know, well through 2022. You're going to see a large CapEx um, increase happening next year. Actually, multiples of CapEx are going to be deployed next year versus this year. So we're already doing that acceleration and in June, we announced that we were going to be bringing forward $350 million of planned CapEx investment from future periods into the 2021 to 2023 period, and also increasing overall between 2021 and 2026 by 6 to 7%. So we are going to be, as a company, accelerating our ability to deploy CapEx. And if the opportunity presents itself, you, you might recall that our prior versions of our, our model had suggested that, you know, kind of 2024 and beyond that we might start to step down our CapEx. But if that opportunity is, is there for, you know, continued expansion and we are ready for it, you know, we will certainly go after it. We do think that there is um, increasing availability of capital, you know, to us today from a lot of different sources. Um, you'll note that we still haven't even taken debt on, so, you know, we have the opportunity to provide, you know, terrific loan-to-value um, uh, there if, if we chose to take on debt. And then with the, the stock price increasing, it gives us a lot of other opportunities as well. So we're feeling really good about what we could do, and we feel like we are increasing, you know, the, the company's ability to um, deploy capital efficiently and quickly. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus. Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. All right. I know that was a really long answer to that question, um, but I thought I would leave it in just because it did highlight some of the things that we skipped with Sherry's uh, portion of the uh, conference. Now, as far as ramping up, he he called it pedestrian 90,000 cars by 2023. And we know from watching Tesla that it is hard to manufacture cars. There's lots of things that can go wrong. I always liken this to building something you bought from Ikea. Like that is supposed to be one of the simplest things in the world to do. However, I don't know anyone who hasn't become very frustrated at some point in time or other when they're building one of those Ikea flat packs. Like it, it, it's supposed to be so simple, but it isn't. And manufacturing a car is infinitely more difficult than that. Uh, this allows them to slowly ramp up and while they're doing that, they can fix the issues as they go without setting an expectation. So Tesla or Elon more specifically sets these expectations for the team, which on one hand uh, could be described as motivational. Other hand, it could be described as maniacal. But anyway, Elon makes these very, you know, grand and public statements. And then it's the Tesla team's job to try and you know, hit that goal. And they almost never do. They they do a fine job. Don't get me wrong. I'm not bashing on the Tesla employees or even Elon for that matter. But, you know, he is very um, aggressive on his timelines. And sometimes that doesn't really necessarily fit with reality. And Elon has admitted that. He says that's a thing that he needs to work on. So by giving this pedestrian outlook of 93,000 or 98,000, whatever it was, cars per year by 2023, that allows them to slowly ramp up, fix these issues. And then if you don't, like if it takes you three years to hit 90 something thousand, then that's okay. That's what you said was going to happen. If it takes you three years or if it takes you two years to hit that, then you look awesome. So I think setting very realistic goals that the team can accomplish, especially in a, in a, a period where we have shortages on chips and a bunch of other things. Like I ordered a front door for my house in September and it was supposed to be here twice already. And it's, it's still not here. So, you know, and that's a door it's made of fiberglass and styrofoam. So I think lucid being more conservative in this sense is actually a really good thing for their company. And then they also talked about briefly the gravity. Well, if you don't know the lucid gravity is their SUV. We don't know much about it yet, but, um, Peter did mention that production was going to start late 2023. Next up is a question about reservations. So let's go ahead and listen to that. Uh, great. Thank you. Uh, hi, everybody. Um, just a, a first question, first going back to, to the reservation growth up to 17,000. Know, with, with the momentum you're seeing in reservations, you know, how are you thinking about when to, I guess, more formally unveil gravity and, and even open up the reservation book there? Oh, gosh. Well, I, I, I guess that will all things in good time. I'd like to have gravity to a level of greater substance that we can actually show a car uh, possibly later next year, I would say. But right now, I've got such laser focus on air. The reservations are growing, uh, you know, increasing. And I'll tell you something else. Um, I'm really particularly happy about the split in those reservations. We've got a really nice blend. I mean, we're sold out of uh, Dream Edition, as you know. We've expanded that to 520 uh, units to reflect our 520 EPA rating and the growing demand. But we've got a really nice blend of reservations for grand touring and touring and pure, very much reflecting the sort of split that we will uh, manufacture over the next 15 months or so. In fact, when you look at September 30th um, numbers, we had talked about the 13,000 reservations, and we also had talked about that that re reflects an order book and revenues of about $1.3 billion. 
So you can do the MSRP match from there, and it gives you a good sense of where that mix lies. And so you can see we're not over-indexed on pure. It's, it's just a really nice balance. So we're happy with where it is, and, you know, we'll keep watching it as we go forward. And we're also going to be enjoying, you know, decreasing, um, you know, costs over time and improving margins. And so we feel like we'll be in a really good position as, you know, some of these other products uh, pick up. All right. You've probably already picked this up, but... <laughs> He has said laser focused so many times that I don't believe him. Like, I don't think uh, Peter is, you know, hanging out in his underwear playing Xbox, just to be clear. But when somebody says a, a, a term like that over and over again throughout the an earnings call or through any presentation, I always feel like they're trying to, to hit that uh, point really hard because it's not true. And I, you know, I'm just a dumb firefighter. I don't know if this is true or not, but when I, I keep hearing laser focus, laser focus, laser focus, I just think of them as being like, yeah, I'll get to that. But first I'm going to play Assassin's Creed on the Xbox and maybe I'll put pants on. I don't know. See what happens. Um, this is a very, uh, they had, they, they crafted a message before this earnings call and they are sticking to it. It is not particularly in, in my view, um, interesting. <laughs> Like, I think that they could talk a lot about uh, the, you know, the challenges they had manufacturing the car or the challenges they had setting up the factory or whatever. There's a lot that of compelling information that they get they can give to us. And they gave us a little bit of detail in the beginning, but you can tell that they went through and they're like, okay, here are going to be all of our talking points. And then this is how we're going to reflect everything back to support those talking points. And, you know, unfortunately, that doesn't make for a very interesting earnings call. Another thing that doesn't really make for an interesting earnings call is there are no uh, retail investor questions at all in the, in this one. And there might not even be, uh, I think there's just analyst questions, actually. They only took about five or six questions, and I've already cut out one for sure. And when it's all said and done, I might cut out a couple more just because um, I'm on the fence about them, honestly. But they did say that they were going to try and uh, implement in the next earnings call a way for retail investors to ask questions. So having said that, let's talk about the Lucid Air Dream Drive, which is their version of you know, autonomous driving. I'm hoping you can update us on your latest thoughts on the Dream Drive software strategy and in terms of, you know, uh, partners versus what you might look to do in-house. Yeah, well, our strategy here to date has been, of course, key focus on creating the very best electric vehicle in the world with the most advanced electric powertrain and endowing that car with the core foundations of hardware suite. 32 sensor suite, 14 cameras with solid state 120 degree LIDAR and a whole host of um, long range radar and closely knit radar. So uh, that's, the, the, that's been the, the, the step one of the plan. Create the most advanced foundations for the house in terms of that hardware and have software which is broadly competitive in the marketplace. Now, now we've achieved that, the next step will be to advance that software. Now, we're planning as a default to do that in-house, and we're building the team. But I'm, as you know, I'm very open here in Silicon Valley to potential partnerships in terms of the software. But I see that as a potential bonus. I think the default position is going to be develop that software now and take that to world-class standard based upon the hardware suite we've got and to develop that in-house. All right, more of the same talking points. We did get some information on the hardware suite that they're using. Um, that's not anything that we didn't know, but it's nice you know, to hear it in the earnings call because it kind of refreshes our memory on that stuff. What I got out of this was they're building the team. So right now they probably have little to nothing and we're at least two to three years out before they have anything that might even be considered compelling. And even then in two to three years, it might be compelling by today's standards, maybe not in two to three years. Um, when they say here in Silicon Valley, we're open to partnering. I hear, Hey, Apple. <laughs> Hello, Apple. Hi. Hi, Lucid Motors here. Uh, we make a very Apple-y looking car. Would you like to put your software in our car? We'd be happy to uh, take your your software and throw that in our vehicles. Do you, do you think that'd be okay? Please, sir? 
Next question is on margins. Can you speak to a little bit of what degree of mar- gross margin variability you have across the different versions of the air and how over time, if you take a point of view that to drive volumes over time, you'll have a, a greater proportion of, of pure sales of how, what are the implications for that in terms of trying to gross margin as that, as that mix shifts over time? Yeah, thanks so much for your question. So we're expecting um, to have competitive growth margins by the time we reach mid-decade. And you're going to see that our growth margins are not going to be there initially because we're activating depreciation expense, we're training new employees, we're going to be driving efficiency, you know, within the manufacturing um, arena over the next, you know, year, especially year and a half. And then you're going to see as the volume increases, just gross margins improving overall as that absorption improves. Um, you know, with respect to your question about how are we thinking about, you know, the, the higher price models versus the pure, we're just in such a unique advantaged position because of our technology that it's going to enable us to go from, you know, this tremendous machine of our dream edition and still be able to produce with the pure over 400 range, 400 mile range, as well as over 500 horsepower. And we can do that while reducing cost by reducing one of our motors. We also can reduce the battery pack and we have a lot of trim features that can be activated or deactivated to basically make a bespoke product, you know, exactly to what the customer is seeking. So those are the enablers um, that we have. That's absolutely right. Uh, Right now, we're using our extraordinary efficiency to achieve range, to create a technological tour de force to define the brand as the range king. But in the future, will we use that technological advance as a commercial enabler? It means that we will be able to provide a car which is competitive with range, with be it 300 miles, 400 miles, whatever, but with a commensurately smaller, proportionately smaller battery pack than the competition because our technology is inherently more efficient. And because of that, because the battery pack is the single most expensive item in an electric car, this will affect the margin. And therefore, it has a direct bearing upon our viability, our commercial viability as a company. And the other thing I would just say there, too, is just um, we have an amazing team. We've got a terrific supply chain team. We have a terrific manufacturing team. They've done it before. They've done it at Audi. They've done it at Tesla. And they've not just gotten the plants up and running and efficient, but they brought the costs down. And all of that experience is coming to bear on our product and our factory. And so that's another important point that I wanted to make sure I left you with. Yeah, and we've designed the battery in a modular manner with cost down in mind for the future. So the car is designed that way. My first question is, if you expect that the margins are going to be competitive with the industry, what industry are you comparing that to? Are you comparing it to the luxury auto market industry? Are you comparing it to the EV industry? Are you comparing it to some mass market company? Like, I'm sure that there's different margins at all of these levels. So it'd be nice to know where they see themselves um, and where they're going to see their margins. And, you know, maybe a percentage would be great, too. One of the things that um, Sherry mentioned was that they could, you know, modify the car to be a bespoke product. So you can pretty much get what you want. And I'm not saying they can't do this. However, that adds a lot more complexity. And then also when you're already having supply chain issues, that adds not only complexity, but it also could potentially add delays on on production. And finally, I would really like them to give us some technical details. And maybe that's not, this isn't the place for it. Maybe an earnings call isn't the place for it. And I'm used to Elon just throwing this stuff out. But honestly, when Sierra and I went to Monterey to visit the Lucid team, like we sat down and we talked to a lot of the engineers. We talked to the sales and the marketing people and all that stuff too. But the engineers were fantastic at explaining all this stuff to us. And I'm sure we did not get the secret sauce, you know, but when I talked to them, I was shocked 
I mean, just like utterly shocked at how open they were about uh, answering my questions. I don't believe at any point in time I asked a question that they were like, I can't answer that question for you. Like, it was awesome. I think they need to bring a little bit of that tech stuff into their earnings call, not because I want it to be interesting (laughs) for you guys to listen to, because I do, um, but because I think it would add some credibility. All they're doing is falling back on their talking points and for me, when you start to do that too many times, you start to lose credibility and I become laser focused on you not answering the question. Earlier, you uh, mentioned that you have a fairly balanced order book between the different four versions of the Lucid Air. Uh, can you give us a little bit of a sense of when next year that we could expect to see shipments of the Pure to begin? I think it's in the, in the latter part of next year when Pure comes out. Uh, but you know, my, my passion is pure. I want to get the cost down. I want to, you know, um, uh, fulfill our mission, which is the, the, the mass adoption of electric vehicles. That is not the answer. You did not answer the question, Peter. Answer the question. He asked you, when do you expect to see the pure come out? You said later next year when the pure comes out and your your focus is on the adoption of electric vehicles. That's not the question. That's You, you didn't answer it. This is maddening to me. Any user, let's go ahead and listen to Peter's uh, closing statements, which I'm sure, I'm just sure, I'm positive, folks, that his the closing statements are going to be where all the gems are and just not more talking points. So let's listen. Now, as you can see by what we've achieved in Q3 and by future plans, there is a tremendous amount of exciting activity here at Lucid. Supported by our industry-leading technology, our ongoing investments in cutting-edge manufacturing and the outstanding team we have assembled. We believe there are sizable opportunities for shareholder value creation ahead of us. I would again like to thank our employees for getting us here. We have a truly unrivaled team. I am proud of what we've accomplished and I'm optimistic about the opportunity ahead of us. We look forward to speaking with you regularly and keeping you updated on the progress we are making. We aim to be transparent in our approach and look forward to engaging with you. Thank you so much for joining us here today. All right. I am not going to comment on the closing statement. I'm going to remain laser focused on the rest of the podcast here. And I'm really tempted to just name this podcast, this episode, Laser Focus. But I'm not going to do that because nobody will know what the heck I'm talking about unless you listen to it. And that doesn't make any sense. I think Lucid is a pretty fantastic company. I think they're making a fantastic car. I think the management at Lucid sometimes is a little out of touch. Like, I understand that they're selling a $170,000 car to, you know, at first, and then they're going to be selling a much more affordable $70,000 car. I get that. But you have got to, you know, inject some sort of humanity into your company. Like, when I first started covering Lucid, I was like, this is just a car for a bunch of stuck up, you know, what's. Like all the photos had these beautiful women models like hanging out in the back seats and stuff and nothing like scandally clad or anything like that. But it was just like they were like dripping in diamonds and stuff like that. And it was just a very like, sure, you want to have a luxury brand, but you don't want to come off like an elitist. And sometimes Lucid comes off very elitist as a company from messaging as far as I'm concerned. And when I went to Monterey to visit with these folks, They were smart, charming, engaging, lovely people. They need to infuse some of that into their public image. Like Ford has this public image and a lot of it's marketing or whatever, but they have this public image of being like Ford tough and and we're the car maker for the every guy. And Tesla's known for their technology and their whimsy. Lucid's just known for a pretty car. They need to have some sort of personality breathed into this company so that people have something to identify with. Like car brands are, I'm not going to say they're polarizing, but people typically have a favorite car brand. And that might be because when you were growing up, you always had Chevys, or that might be because, you know, you always wanted a Dodge Charger, a 1969 Dodge Charger. Now you have this affinity for Dodge. If you're a new company like Lucid, you don't want people's first impressions of you to be, oh, that's a car for stuck up snobs. 
And that's a weird way to end the podcast. So I'm just going to say, if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can go to 918digital, 918digital, and you can email me, Bodie, B-O-D-I-E, at 918digital.com. And that is it for us, folks. If you want to support the show, go to supportkilowatt.com or patreon.com forward slash kilowatt for a dollar. You get the podcast without ads. Ooh, before we go, I should let you know that next week we're going to have a Thanksgiving special. It's the Thanksgiving here in the United States. I sat down with Brad and Sierra and Allison and Steve Sheridan, and we talked about the FSD score and full self-driving. It was a lot of fun. I think you guys are going to like it. All right, everybody. This time it's for real. I want everybody to have a great week, and I will talk to you next Friday. Ladies and gentlemen, this concludes today's conference call. Thank you for your participation. You may now disconnect. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.